Hello and welcome to Logical, the regular legal podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL, Yamalaba and Pleska, and still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott, socially distanced from the managing partner Ludmilla Yamalaba here at Dubai's JLT, Jamira Lakes Towers offices. Good to see you, Ludmilla. Great to see you too, Tim. Now today on Logical, we're talking rental disputes and very recent rental disputes as well. Ludmilla, if you're ready... Let's get logical. Let's do. Now, the RDC, the Rental Disputes Committee, has been issuing a number of judgments uh, recently in favour of the tenant due to force majeure and the effects of COVID-19, obviously, on the overall atmosphere of employment and financial stability on, really, Dubai's economy. I'd like to consider four recent judgments, if we can, each of which is from certainly within the last 10 days, two weeks or so. Let's begin with a dispute in one of Dubai's very nice beachfront uh, developments, which offers restaurants, open spaces, uh, etc. Kind of a place with a real laid-back charm. The problem with lots of these developments is that as soon as COVID hit, as you you know would expect, people just haven't been headed there so much. Let's start with this very specific dispute. What's the story? Yes, um, this is um, a very typical, especially these days, story and perhaps one that we will see more of. And in particular, it involves a retail shop, as you said, on the beachfront uh, development and a retail shop selling clothing. Uh, Obviously, with the recent COVID-19 pandemic and in particular the lockdown, the shop was directly affected by the lockdown and um, by the aftermath, if you will, of um, just the pandemic since then. In other words, for the time when the shop, when the lockdown was in effect, the shop was completely closed uh, and therefore not deriving any benefit from the lease. Uh, And uh, since then, the retail industry has shifted dramatically and the shop has been experiencing severe financial difficulties and a massive downturn to its business uh, and um, does not really see the the light at the end of the tunnel at this Mm. point. As a result, the owner of the business, um, uh, the owners of the shop, decided, wanted to terminate the, the lease agreement for this particular shop because they had suffered tremendous losses and they did not see the business coming around any foreseeable future for them to even continue to try to revamp either the business or perhaps even negotiate with the landlord. And um, it looks like there were some negotiations that were um, happening, or at least discussions with the landlord, and ultimately the landlord did not uh, was not willing to either vary the lease or to provide any other meaningful support uh, to the tenant, uh, being the shop. And as a result, the shop ultimately had to file a case with RDC, which is the Rent Dispute Committee, uh, ultimately requesting to terminate the lease. Why this is important is because for retail businesses or for businesses in particular, most of the time leases are signed for a number of years. So let's say this could have been a lease for three years or five years. And what has historically happened is that if uh, in the event 
the tenant uh, wanted to terminate the lease early, let's say on a five-year lease, you want to terminate it at year two, landlords were always reluctant to so-called release the tenant from the obligation of the five-year lease. And in many cases in the past, uh, landlords would actually file a case against the tenant, forcing them ultimately to pay rent for the remainder of the lease period, let's say in that case would be five years. So as, as you can imagine, for a business in particular that has been suffering tremendously now in light of the COVID-19, for that result to have occurred would have just, it's just, you know, it's practically impossible. It's an impossibility because they could not even, they cannot, these days they cannot even pay monthly rent, uh, let alone rent for the rest of the, uh, of the um, lease period. And this is particularly important for businesses in the UE because in most cases, these lease agreements, they're supported in addition to the signature on the an agreement by rental checks or checks for the future period. In other words, they often are referred to as post-dated checks or PDCs. Uh, so for a business, in most cases, what you do, and perhaps this, this system or this uh, practice still applies and exists today, and that is if you sign a lease for five years, you issue also post-dated checks for the remainder of your lease period, i.e. into the future for five years ahead. And this is serious because if you are not able to pay your rent today, imagine having all those checks be cashed in the next uh, for in the next five years. Uh, so, and uh, in in the UAE to this day, a bounce check is still a criminal offense. So mm. now you're you're suffering not only on a civil or commercial front, but also um, these um, these transactions carry criminal implications. So these are serious issues that cannot be. Uh, treated lightly. And so in this particular case, um, uh, the the tenant or the business wanted to terminate the contract early. The landlord refused. And so the tenant applied to RDC requesting for the RDC or the court to terminate the contract early and to also waive penalties for the um, bounce checks uh, that had resulted from the previous period when the uh, during the lockdown when the shop was not operational and was not uh, benefiting from uh, from the lease and subsequently after that as well the tenant had asked the landlord not to cash the checks because they were just not making money and uh, as per the agreement and this is very typical in a lot of leases whenever the check bounces there's also a penalty that's attached to uh, every bounce check so in this case the landlord not only did not want to um, uh, lower the rent, did not want to terminate or allow the tenant to terminate the lease, but also wanted to collect all the penalties on bounce checks and also rent for the previous time uh, or the previous months. Uh, so at the end, what RDC has determined, and by the way, this is quite, quite interesting because RDC issued or appointed an expert. And while appointing of experts in Dubai courts and and in uh, the UAE courts is a very typical practice, this hasn't really been the case in RDC or the Rent Dispute Committee in the past. But now experts are being appointed regularly and they are being appointed precisely to identify the loss of the business as part of the COVID-19, one, and two, the cause for um, this loss. In other words, in this particular case, the expert was appointed to see how much the business has suffered, one, and two, whether the suffering or the damage to the business was actually a result of the pandemic or some other mistake by the business itself. Uh, so, and another interesting aspect to uh, the appointment of this expert is that then the expert in this particular case was appointed June 30th and the judgment was issued August 11th. So this is very encouraging and very positive for a lot of parties out there who are perhaps uh, contemplating a similar path 
And so at the end, the court ruled on a number of fronts. A, well, actually, before I go to that, so the, the landlord in this particular case actually counterclaimed and counterclaimed for uh, for rejecting the termination of the contract and actually requesting the uh, the, the payment for, for the pre- previous months and also enforcing the contractual penalties for the bounce checks and uh, payment of all the other fees that were attached to uh, this particular lease, such as service fees and chiller fees and whatever other fees that the business would have otherwise had to pay under the contract under normal circumstances. If I could just put this into context, uh, a financial context, this is not an insignificant amount. This is something like 750,000 dirhams. That's a large amount of money. Uh, yes, it's closer to $200,000. Absolutely. Right. And for a business, it's it's massive. And for the business that's already not making money uh, to pay from 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 somewhere, from money that they don't have, I mean, it's truly is, is impossible and um drives the business and, and its individual, the, the people that are involved uh, into bankruptcy and insolvency. Uh, so yeah, so this is a, a, this is a very serious matter and one that is affecting a lot of businesses today. So at the end, what RDC has decided is as follows, and this is really important. And that is number one, that COVID-19 does constitute what we often call in legal terms as force majeure. Right. Force majeure is often referred to as acts of God. And so pandemic, the court has decided that a global pandemic such as COVID-19 actually does constitute uh, an event of force majeure uh, or an act of God that's unforeseeable and outside of control of this particular in this particular case of the tenant. Uh, so number one, there is force, uh, COVID-19 is force majeure. Number two, that this particular event of force majeure or COVID-19 is directly related or linked to the business's inability now to pay rent. And that is because the business was truly directly impacted, negatively impacted uh, on um, um, so its day-to-day business operations and therefore subsequently on its ability to pay or not pay rent. And this is important because often what we have seen in the past with with different circumstances, but in particular when somebody says, okay, this is an event of force majeure. Yes, and the courts have actually, even the RDC has held, yes, there is COVID-19 is force majeure, but in order to benefit or avail yourself of the benefits of this force majeure, the business must be impacted directly by this event of force majeure, i.e. the pandemic. So it could not be, for example, your business is not suffering due to your own negligence or your own inability to run a business, but rather directly related and is affected by uh, COVID-19. So in this, and this is why they appointed the expert in this case to show A, that the business did suffer tremendously and B, that the results of uh, their loss in in revenues and sales were directly related to COVID-19. And it's fairly easy to determine because when your shop is closed and you're not able to operate, it's fairly easy to, uh, to draw the link, the direct link between so as a result, uh, the court allowed the uh, the tenant to terminate the lease early. Also, the court waived the penalties that were due to contractually were otherwise due for every bounce check uh, for the previous months. And uh, also the court waived the other penal- uh, fees that the tenant would otherwise have to pay, such as the chiller fees and advertising fees that they would otherwise have to contractually pay to the landlord. However, the obligation to pay for the rent while the business was still benefiting from the property remained, though the court did waive, and this is important, the rent for the period during the lockdown. 
And this was because the business was not ultimately able to benefit from the premises, i.e. the the rent, during the period of lockdown. So the court did waive uh, the rent obligations for that period of time. But as long as the business was still operating or occupying uh, the premises after the lockdown, then they had to pay the rent period for that uh, or the rent amount for that period of time. And this is important as well because... Uh, what we have seen from a number of clients that have approached us, they can t- they want to negotiate and renegotiate and perhaps the exit uh, from the lease altogether. But it's really important to understand that as long as you remain in the premises, there is still a colorable defensible position for the landlord to expect payment of rent, um, perhaps discounted, but still payment of rent while you're occupying the pre- premises. And this is for obvious reasons, because if you're still in the premises, even if you're not really operating a business, you can see that the landlord doesn't have the benefit of that those premises so they cannot even re-rent for whatever the new price might be so it's important for businesses to understand that so therefore if you do want uh, to terminate the courts will apply force majeure as long as it's it this was the true cause of your financial challenges but you still need to be accountable for the time that you remain in the premises so that's the first of the instances that we're looking at today, the first of four rental disputes on today's edition of Logical. The second, Ludmilla, is the story of a tenant in one of Dubai's shiny tower blocks. Yes. Um, so the second case actually relates to a residential lease. So if the, per- yeah. the previous one was related to commercial, this is residential. So in this case, uh, the uh, tenancy agreement was signed uh, for a property, a residential property by a tenant. Uh, who ultimately also tried to exit from the agreement or terminate the lease agreement early uh, because he was not able to pay for the remainder of uh, of the lease period. And once again, the checks here were issued, the post-dated checks were issued for the remainder of the period. And then when the tenant told the, the landlord he wanted to A, exit or terminate the lease early and B, get the checks back for the remainder of the, of the period, uh, obviously, they didn't agree, and so the tenant was forced to file a case with RDC. And the reason the tenant in this particular case was not able to pay was because he had lost a job, his job, and the job was the source of his income, so uh, from which he was ultimately paying for the rent. And not only did he lose the job, but he also was not able to find a new one. Right. And so in this case, once again, the RDC issued a decision in favor of the tenant, allowing the tenant one, to terminate the lease early, uh, and then uh, and then two, reordering the landlord to return the post-dated checks for the remainder of the lease um, after the court ultimately terminated or from the from the termination date. Uh, so and the, the court looked at once again COVID nineteen as the event of force majeure, uh, due to which the uh, the tenant here lost his job. And also the tenant presented evidence that he was not able to find a new job. So therefore, the, the court held this event as event of impossibility. In other words, the, the tenant was not, it was impossible for the tenant to perform the remainder of his obligations under the contract because he didn't have a job and therefore no source of income. Uh, and he didn't have any other uh, realistic prospect of sourcing a new job uh, to stay or to be able to maintain his obligations under this lease agreement and, and therefore pay for the rent, rem- remainder of the, his lease. And as a result, the RDC issued a decision ordering the landlord to return the checks and terminating the contract. Before we move on to the third instance, could you uh, give some idea or some example of the kind of evidence that you could not find in you, job? What would be appropriate in court? 
perhaps it depends it's very subjective and and depends on the circumstances but i would say let's say if you are in the airline industry and mm. you are a pilot or you are um, just a, a flight flight attendant and right. when airlines uh, terminating employees en masse it's a and then that's all you've ever done and so therefore you can see how just the nature of your job is perhaps conclusive enough for the court to determine that yes this is not going to be easy for you to replace your job similarly if you're in the hospitality industry or in the hotel industry same same thing uh, it's i guess the nature of your job in itself kind of speaks um, uh, speaks uh, to uh, your ability or inability to find a new job in the foreseeable future uh, similarly, like let's say if you were in the um, the service industry, like the the spa uh, spas or the industries related to kind of personal care, we there have been a lot of spas and salons that have closed their mm-hmm. doors for this very reason because obviously social distancing and just inability to kind of to provide personal services. Yeah. A lot of those uh, businesses suffered and people have not been able to find jobs. But again, they're purely on the basis of the job, your jo- job description. Uh, so um, there is you know, the, the courts can conclude that you're not really you don't have any realistic prospects of, of finding a new job. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, you could also perhaps demonstrate that you have sent uh, your CVs to different recruiters and different um, uh, jobs, and you could maybe show that, hey, look, I've sent my CVs every day for the last two, three, four months, and I haven't received a single. Uh, response, uh, you know, let alone offer. There could also be messages, for example, from recruiters that would tell you, "Sorry, this is a very difficult time. This is not the time. You know, nobody is hiring." Let's say in your industry. So there are different types of evidence. Let's look at a commercial rental dispute, Ludmilla. This is actually a law firm. Yes, this was a, a very interesting case where a law firm actually tried to negotiate for reduction in rent uh, with its uh, landlord. Uh, again, due to uh, the COVID-19 affecting the business negatively and them uh, suffering uh, serious um, financial setbacks in their ability to um, use generate income. And so they wanted to reduce uh, their rent and also ask the landlord to waive uh, penalties for the period of time or actually to, re- to waive rent for the period w- during the lockdown when they were not able to benefit from the property. And also any kind of penalties that would have uh, resulted from uh, from bounced checks for the previous months when the the firm was not able to pay, and um, so there were negotiations between the the firm, the law firm, and its landlord, which did not yield any uh, any meaningful discussions. And as a result, the law firm filed a case with RDC, asking ultimately for RDC's help in rent reduction. Uh, with the landlord and um, the RDC once again held the COVID-19 yes uh, was uh, was a factor uh, and um, uh, and and as a result because of this factor that in fact its uh, financial situation was negatively affected and uh, also appointed an expert and the expert was appointed in July and literally just uh, Perhaps uh, two weeks later, the court issued the judgment. So once again, the, the expert was um, acting quite quite quickly. And as a result of this uh, expert's uh, judgment or expert's uh, report, the court issued a judgment in favor of the tenant, reducing, ultimately offer, offering a reduction of the, or ordering a reduction of the rent, and that was 25% reduction, and also allowing for 
the waiver of the rent during the period of lockdown when the firm was not able to use the office. Uh, so once again, another very positive uh, case for, uh, for tenants in this particular case. Uh, but ultimately, if you ask me, I think from a business perspective, also a positive result for the landlord because the landlord, at least under this judgment, still has an active lease and still can collect uh, rental payments, albeit at a discount. The fourth and final case details how the RDC, the Rental Disputes Committee, ordered the termination of a tenancy contract for a shisha restaurant and cafe uh, as it was under liquidation. Now, all shisha cafes were ordered to be closed uh, under lockdown, of course. So what happened in this specific case? Yes, once again, another case that ended up at RDC, and this time it was brought by the Shisha restaurant and a cafe uh, on account of, once again, COVID-19 affecting its business negatively, and as a result of of the pandemic, the restaurant ultimately had to go through liquidation. So it's Mm. not just closing door and restructuring, perhaps moving to a cheaper uh, cheaper premises, but ultimately the restaurant had to file for liquidation because because of the log- lockdown directly affected um, its ability to generate money and continues to do so, or, or current COVID-19 related measures continue to affect restaurants such as, such as Shisha Services, because to my knowledge, still to this day, they are not able to operate um, because of the current measures that are put in place. So a restaurant that <laughs> relies heavily on Shisha, uh, on Shisha um, services that, you know, actually, and by the way, also restaurants pay quite significant fees and especially even insurance and licenses just for to be able to provide shisha services. So it's not just a restaurant that's just closing its doors, but for restaurants to provide shisha services, there's all sorts of insurances and additional premiums and, and fees that have to be paid and licenses that have to be issued for just for them just to provide that service. So the expenses of running a restaurant like that are, are very, very high. And so now all of a sudden the very essence of your business has now been taken away from you by virtue of just government regulations on account of pandemic. The restaurant stood no chance. And so in this particular case, once again, RDC issued a judgment in favor of the tenant, i.e. the restaurant. Uh, and one of the evidence or those significant pieces or essential uh, piece of evidence that it relied on is the fact that the restaurant actually had applied for liquidation for bankruptcy. Uh, so in this case, sadly, the restaurant um, just realized it just could not operate anymore at any in any uh, in any premises and therefore filed for liquidation because it could not even uh, satisfy its liabilities to other creditors. And so RDC looked at that as uh, conclusive evidence that the restaurant is directly impacted by COVID-19 being the force majeure and allowed it to terminate the contract early and waive the penalties that um, uh, the restaurant would have otherwise uh, otherwise had to pay under the contract uh, for early termination and for uh, unpaid rent for the previous periods of time and, and bounce checks. I should point out to anybody listening to this podcast wondering what a shisha cafe is. A shisha cafe is a licensed cafe where you can go and participate in uh, a water pipe flavored tobacco smoking experience. They're uh, prevalent across the Gulf region uh, and Turkey and beyond uh, and are licensed specifically uh, in Dubai and have been very affected by the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, all these examples, the four that we've taken today, beg some fundamental questions. They're all similar but unique 
in their own ways. The coronavirus has impacted all of us in so many uh, ways. But let's start with exactly what current rights of tenants or people leasing properties are in the time of COVID-19. I mean, as far as I'm aware, tenants' rights are as they were before. But we're starting to see differences in judgments. Is that a fair way to summarise it? Well, interesting. From a legal perspective, not much has, from a legal perspective, not much has changed and not much needs to be changed by way of, for example, a codified resolution or some sort of codification in law. And that is because the legal principles that are being relied on, they're relied under the existing laws and, and the existing jurisprudence. And that is on the legal, on the one hand, from the legal perspective, you have a contract, and the contract is subject to the UAE contract law, and also the, for example, in this case, the Dubai rental laws, and so, so those laws remain as they are. But then, also in the in the UAE jurisprudence, there is a legal notion or legal. Uh, theory that exists, which is the force majeure. And ultimately, in in relevant terms, the force majeure refers to an act or an event that gives parties to a contract a legitimate right to exit the contractual obligations early without paying penalties. Mm. So that's what really that's what it's about. So it's really applying an existing jurisprudence and existing legal principle that um, that has been part of the UAE jurisprudence from the very beginning to the current circumstances. So the contractual laws remain, uh, but and but it's also even under the contract law in the UAE. It, there is a possibility for a party to exit its contractual obligations if it's no longer possible for them to continue to comply with those obligations. So there is this, it's a principle, it's called impossibility of contract. Uh, so, so it's the same laws that apply, the same legal principles, it's just that they're being applied under the current uh, factual backgrounds so of the current circumstances where businesses are and individuals are being affected to the point of either where it's no longer possible for them to comply with their obligation uh, or where the coronavirus or COVID-19 has, has uh, caused such significant detriment to the business uh, that uh, it now constitutes a valid reason for that business or for that individual to exit from their contractual obligations because it's um, it's either impossible or unfair for them to continue with, uh, with the current contractual setup uh, because of the global pandemic. Let me ask you kind of the same question, but in a few different ways. It's, as we record this, around about five months since lockdown was... Uh, enforced. What's changed in that five months, if anything? What do you see perhaps changing? Because the economic effects are here for some time. I think we all have to face that. I mean, for example, are you finding that proceedings are being expedited more quickly? Well, a number of things have changed and and perhaps continue to change you know, from a legal standpoint and practical standpoint. The legal from a legal standpoint, if you recall, and we even covered it, I think, in the previous podcast, there were temporary measures that were put in place yeah. by the government. For example, disallowing evictions, evictions uh, from either residential premises or commercial premises because of COVID nineteen. So in um, so there were, in fact, in addition to the previous to the existing rules and regulations that exist. 
exist, there were temporary measures or temporary regulations that were put in place uh, that uh, giving they were giving tenants, for example, relief from the threat of being evicted on account of not being able to pay their rent. Yeah. Uh, so those measures were put in place. Uh, but by their sort of definition, they were going to be temporary. Now, it's not necessarily the case that they have now expired or those measures no longer apply. Uh, but um, it's it's now we've gone sort of beyond just the kind of this the the hard, fast uh, lockdown that we were all experiencing. Uh, so it's it's perhaps not as clear whether those particular measures would still apply because there were certain periods that were put in place back then. It was three months, for example, but there were a few extensions that uh, might have applied. But uh, now uh, those measures are still in place. But beyond that, the courts have now clearly come down and kind of clarified the rules and regulations um, as they apply to, in this particular case, to, to residential or, or real estate um, aspect of the economy. Uh, also, that's the one change that has happened. The other change that has happened is that, yes, um, even bringing these cases before during the lockdown was not possible because the courts were closed, physically mm. closed. Mm. Uh, now, and that's one of the upsides of uh, the COVID-19 is that the, regula- the regulators and the courts, including, have now embraced technology ever so more and are now offering a lot of these hearings online. So you're able to attend the hearings, even if, for example, you if you're a landlord or a tenant that's based outside of the UAE, you can now attend these hearings virtually. Uh, so that has changed. And at a practical or business standpoint, what has changed is that we are seeing more landlords becoming more pragmatic and more realistic about what they should do uh, under the circumstances versus taking this very hard line approach of like, no, here's the contract. You sign a contract for five years. We're going to hold you to it. Uh, a lot of the landlords, instead of going to court or being dragged through the courts, they are taking a more pragmatic and more realistic approach of, okay, so now we're in this together. So what can we do? Okay, we'll let, we will give you a break in, in the rent. We will either reduce your rent significantly or we will work out some other kind of an arrangement, perhaps where you pay a percentage of your rent gradually or we'll ultimately let you terminate the contract early because we know you cannot pay. So instead of being dragged through the courts and having the courts issue these judgments and paying for legal expenses and such, we will just let you, we'll release you early and with the hope that we can find a new tenant, albeit at reduced rent, but without having to pay for the legal expenses. So legally, yes, there have been changes uh, related, specifically related to COVID-19 regulations. And uh, more importantly, I would say we're seeing, finally, we're seeing a shift, a real shift in landlord's mindset and parties' mindset in general of trying to reach a compromise without having to resort to legal formal means. Let me ask you about whether or not you would expect uh, actual codified changes to the law. I mean, one thing is clear here. We haven't seen the worst yet of the pandemic, certainly from a human economic perspective do you do you expect or anticipate any actual codified changes that surround you know the residential and commercial aspects of the rental agreements to be honest with you not right now not given these rdc judgments i do not see 
necessarily any upcoming regulations that either are warranted or necessary, mm. uh, given how the courts are actually adjudicating these cases. So there isn't really, if, if for example, the courts were, were felt restricted by the existing laws to issue judgments like the ones we just discussed, uh, the RDC has been issuing, if the courts did feel restricted because the laws were not available to them to allow for these kind of modifications of contractual relationships, then I would have said, yes, I see the need for codified changes to to add flexibility to the market. But right now, given what the laws are and have been and how the courts are interpreting them or applying them, I'd say there isn't really any kind of necessary, necessary uh, need or necessary uh, legislation that we would, the society would benefit from uh, in order to help us all through um, through this um, through these challenging times. That's another episode of Logical. Ludmilla Yamalova is the managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka. As ever, it's been a learning experience talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. If you have a legal question you need answered in a future episode of Logical, or if you'd like a consultation with a UAE-qualified, UAE-experienced legal professional, all you have to do is click the contact button at lylawyers.com. Plus, you can WhatsApp us as well. 009715252516111.